Welcome to the first ever episode of the Back Em Down podcast. This is your host, Coach Johnson. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the top eight seeds in the Western Conference. The additional five teams in the Western Conference will be covered in part two of this episode. This year has shaped up into be one of the craziest seasons so far with the pandemic, uh, bringing the season to a stop. But I think that's going to allow these last eight games and the playoffs to be some of the best basketball we've seen in quite some time at the end of a season. You know, I was doing some research trying to see, you know, what are some of the major points of what stats can determine who are really contenders to win a championship and who's not. And the thing that stuck out the most is that the last seven NBA champions have posted a top five offensive rating during the regular season. So for all you people that believe that defense wins championships, that kind of debunks your statement a little bit. But not completely, because all but one of them had a top 10 defensive rating. The 2018 Warriors were the only recent champion with a defensive rating outside of the top 10 at 11. All seven of those teams finished with the top four net rating slash point differential. The only champion of this century with a net rating lower than 4.1 were the 2001 Los Angeles Lakers, led by Shaq and Kobe. Speaking of the Lakers, sitting at the top spot in the West after missing the playoffs the last five or six years, uh, led by head coach Frank Vogel in his first year as the head man in charge of the Los Angeles Lakers, the Lake Show has them sitting at a record of 49-14. and They're averaging 114.3 points per game, only giving up 106.9 points per game, and that's good for a net rating of 7.4 points per game, which is second best in the league. This team was playing at a very high level when the season came to a halt as they had accumulated a record of 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Uh, you know, having big wins against the Bucks, against the Clippers. The Lakers are led by LeBron and AD, the two superstars that finally brought some flair back to an organization that really lacked it and had lost a lot of luster since Kobe had retired. But Rob Palenka has done a great job of surrounding those two with complementary pieces, such as keeping Kyle Kuzma around, adding a Dwight Howard, adding a shooter uh, like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, keeping Caldwell Pope. Now you're adding Deion Waiters, a playmaker that's going to take some of the ball handing responsibility off of LeBron and let him rest a little bit more from having that heavy duty on him. 
you add the shooting of J.R. Smith, the seventh uh, best shooter of all time, you know, in three-point makes, and then also adding Markeith Morris, which is a piece that he's played a few games with this team, but they still haven't been able to build a lot of chemistry together as well. So these Orlando scrimmages have been very important of integrating those new pieces to this team. And I just think that them building their depth even more, you know, I look at their whole team and, you know, they can go 11 to 12 players deep and that's going to be very substantial to a long run in the playoffs with some of their age that they have on the team. In the second spot, we have the Los Angeles Clippers, led by head coach Doc Rivers. When the season came to a halt, they had a record of 44-20, and 20, which put them 5.5 games back of the first spot in the West. Their offense was really clicking, and they were averaging 116.2 points per game, which is tied for fourth in the league. Their defense, which many people would thought would be the strong point of this team, had faltered a little bit and dropped them all the way down to 13th in the league, giving up 109.7 points per game. This puts them at a point differential slash net rating of 6.5, which still puts them as the third best in the league. They were playing great basketball as well, um, being 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. This team is very dangerous with the wings that they do have and the scoring guards that they have as well in your Paul George, in your Kawhi Leonard, in your Lou Williams, and then you have the addition of Reggie Jackson that adds another playmaker score to that bunch. And then you still have the defensive abilities of the Paul George and the Kawhi Leonard and the Patrick Beverly and the Montrez Harrell that's going to give any team fits. And then you bring in the addition of a Marcus Morris that takes away some of the defensive responsibilities from Kawhi and PG for them to exert more energy on the offensive side of the ball. And then they bring in a defensive center like Joe Kim Noah, an underrated passer as well, that's going to allow them to unlock many different facets of their offense. So we may see another uptick in their points per game and efficiency. In the third spot in the West, we have the Denver Nuggets, led by head coach Mike Malone, who's done a phenomenal job since he's gotten there. At the break, they had a record of 43-22, and 22, which put them seven games behind the first spot. The most surprising thing about this team is that their points per game average is not higher when you look at the talent on their roster. They only average 110.4 points per game, which puts them at the 20th ranked team in the league. But another surprising thing about this team is how good they've been defensively, only giving up 107.4 points per game, which ties them for fifth in the league. Their point differential is only at a 2.9, which puts them as a 10th best in the league. 
And you have to keep in your mind that there's only been one champion in the last century that has had a rating lower than 4.1. So it doesn't, no, it's not too favorable for them moving forward. And they weren't playing that great before the break happened as they were only 5-5 and in their last 10 games. But this is still a very dangerous team capable of beating anyone in these playoffs. When you have a post player like Jokic that can score at all three levels, create for others, uh, is a very underrated um, defender. Then you have Jamal Murray, Gary Harris on the perimeter that can fill it up on any given night. Then you have the recent additions of Michael Porter Jr. and maybe Bull Bull. I don't know if these scrimmages are just him getting the experience or if they're actually going to play him moving forward as that will add a whole new element to the Nuggets that not many people are going to be used to. And one of the most important players on this Nuggets team is someone that they acquired in the offseason in Jeremy Grant. He is able to guard big wings, but he's also able to guard you know, your stretch fours, your stretch, five, stretch fives with his versatility defensively. And he also creates mismatches on the offensive end with his ability to stretch the floor and put the f- ball on the floor to create for others or get to the basket. I think another important addition that they made during the break was bringing in Troy Daniels after he was released from the Lakers as he adds another element of shooting and putting that around someone like Jokic that passes so well out of the post makes this Denver team even dangerous moving forward. In the fourth spot, we have the Utah Jazz led by head coach Quinn Snyder. At the break, they had a record of 41-23, and which put them 8.5 games back of the top spot. The thing about Utah that has been very underwhelming from my perspective is that their offense hasn't been as explosive as I thought with the players that they have on their roster. They're only averaging 111 points per game which puts them right below the league average in the 17th slot. But their defense has been a strong point and a plus for this team, only giving up 107.9 points per game, which puts them as the ninth best defensive team in the league. Their net rating is a 3.1, which puts them as the ninth best team in the league. They were playing very average basketball before the break as they were 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. The biggest struggle for this team is that Mike Conley has not clicked with the rest of the roster since his move over from the Grizzlies. But he is someone that has battle-tested and been in many playoffs everywhere from a Western Conference Finals, playing against the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Golden State Warriors. So he's someone I believe they're going to be able to rely on to 
play in the clutch moments of these playoff games moving forward. Then you still have the talent of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert anchoring it down in the middle. Donovan Mitchell is able to provide that scoring punch, that playmaking as a slasher that frees up shots for guys like Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, who's been a great addition for this Jazz team as his scoring has been able to supplement the Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, and Conley. And he's going to be very important moving forward as they're not going to have Bogdanovich with them as he is still stuck in his home country because of the pandemic. In the fifth spot, we have my hometown team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. One of the biggest surprises of the season, led by head coach Billy Donovan. They sit with a record of 40-24, and 24, which puts them 9.5 games back of the top spot in the West. While their offense has been underwhelming at 110.8 points per game, which ties them for 18th in the league, their defense has been their strong point as they're only giving up 108.3 points per game, which gives them the league's 10th best defense. Their net rating sits at 2.4, which gives them the 10th best net rating in the league as well. They were playing great basketball before the break, as in their last 10 games, they were 8-2, led by CP3, SGA, Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams, and Gallinari. The welcomed addition of Dort has been astronomical for the starting lineup as he's a player that Thunder fans have been praying for for a while. Someone that can come in and hit perimeter shots, but also take on the defensive assignment of guarding the other team's best offensive player. But when you have a team with playmakers and scorers such as Chris Paul, Gilgis Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, and Danilo Gallinari. You have to worry about all of those guys because they're such big threats offensively. And now on any given night, any of those guys can go for 25 to 30-plus points. In the sixth spot, we have the Houston Rockets, led by head coach Mike D'Antoni. With a similar record to the Oklahoma City Thunder, sitting at 40-24, and 9.5 games back of the top spot in the West. They're in the sixth spot just because Oklahoma City owns the tiebreaker over them with head-to-head wins. This team is explosive offensively, averaging 118.1 points per game, which puts them as the second-best offensive team in the league. And as we all know, their defense suffers because of it, as they're giving up 114.4 points per game, which puts them as the 22nd best defensive team in the league. But with how explosive their offense is, they own a net rating of 3.7, which puts them 7th in the league. They are ushering a new style of basketball in the small ball era, with not playing anyone over six foot seven. And 
there was a little bit of mixed results in the few games that they got to play together before the break. They were 6-4 and four in their last 10 games since adding Robert Covington to the starting lineup. But we all know what makes the Rockets go, and that's Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Those two are such a dynamic duo as playmakers and scorers that on any given night, they can completely take over the game. And you're surrounding them with a lot of shooters that give them space to get to the basket and operate on an island. And they've even added more shooting and defenders to this team by adding a Damari Carroll and a Jeff Green and a Luka Mba Mute, who had previously played for the Rockets during their Western Conference Finals run a few years ago when they played the Warriors. The only thing that really makes me worry about this team is them trading away Clint Capella and how this is going to affect them in the playoffs when they go against a Lakers team or a Denver Nuggets team or the Thunder or the Jazz that have top-level bigs. So that's really my only concern about this team because I know that they can score at a high rate, but I just don't know if they're going to have the defense to keep it up. In the seventh spot, In the West, we have the Dallas Mavericks, led by head coach Rick Carlisle. They're sitting with a record of 40-27, and which puts them 11 games back of the top seed in the West. The main component to the Dallas Mavericks is their offense, as they're averaging 116.4 points per game, which puts them as the third-best offensive team in the league. Their defense is average at best, giving up 110.3 points per game, which puts them as the 15th best defensive team in the league. The biggest thing for this Mavs team because of their explosive offense is that their net rating sits at 6, which puts them as the 6th best team in the league. They had been playing decently before the break, um, with a 6-4 and four record in the last 10 games. But for me personally, I believe this is a team that can cause someone like the Clippers or even the Nuggets if they creep up into that second spot and might cause an ups- upset. You know, you're led by the superstars and Luka Doncic and Chris Dapps Porzingis and also supplementing them with a Tim Hardaway Jr. that brings a shooting element and scoring element that really helps this team transform its offense to the potency that it is. But then you also have the accuracy of Seth Curry shooting 45% from three this year, the Leeds' leading three-point shooter, to go along with a great bench that has DeLon Wright on it, that has the Jalen Brunson, has a Maxi Keebler, and now a welcomed addition of Michael Kidd-Gilchrist that's going to be able to guard the other team's best offensive threat. Where I think this team is going to struggle is that they're not going to have Dwight Powell and Willie Cauley-Stein, which is going to force Porzingis to play more of the five, which may cause him to get into foul trouble, and without him on the court, 
this Mavericks team becomes a lot less dangerous. Sitting in the eighth spot in the West, the eighth and last spot, we have the Memphis Grizzlies, led by first-year head coach Taylor Jenkins. He came over from the Milwaukee Bucks in the offseason to lead a new era of the Memphis Grizzlies as we all got accustomed to the grit and grind era of the previous teams. At the break, they were sitting with a record of 32-33, and 33, which put them 18 games back of the top spot in the West. As many of us basketball fans were used to the Memphis teams of old being very defensive-oriented, this team is a lot different, playing with a lot more pace and space, and their offense is showing improvements as they're averaging 112.6 points per game, which gives them the 13th best offensive rating in the league. And on the flip side of that, their defense has taken a hit as they're giving up 113.7 points per game, which gives them the 20th best defense in the league. This gives them a net rating of negative one, which puts them right up below the league average at 17th. They weren't playing too great when the break happened, only going four and six in their last 10 games, allowing some of the teams underneath them to gain some ground on them, looking to jump into that eighth seed. But this team has been exciting, led by John Morant, drafted out of Murray State, and second-year big man Jaron Jackson Jr., or Triple J as some people call him. One of the biggest surprises for this Grizzly team has been Grant Brandon Clark out of Gonzaga. And the welcome addition of Jonas Valanciunas from the Raptors gives them a veteran presence in that locker room and on the court that can help them through a playoff series. Then you have the additions of Josh Jackson from the Suns and Gorgie Dang from the Minnesota Timberwolves. That is going to provide a little bit more scoring punch and also defense, whether that's on the wing or in the post, protecting the rim with those two individuals. The thing that hurts me the most with this team is their loss of Justice Winslow that they acquired from the Heat at the deadline as I thought this was someone that was going to help them defensively, but also add another element offensively with his ability to handle the ball at his size, creating mismatches, creating shots for others while scoring at a good rate himself. So if they can get him back at any point during these playoffs, then that's going to be very welcome for this team as, you know, they move through the playoffs as a lot of young teams do. They're probably going to struggle because they're not used to that atmosphere and the intensity that the playoffs are played at. 